Navigating Apologies, Lessons Learned from a Personal Journey. Welcome to another episode of Information for Life, Insights and Ideas to Navigate Your World. I'm your host, and today we're taking a short dive into a personal story that has left an indelible mark on my understanding of the delicate dance of apologies and behavior changes. I realize the risk of oversharing on this, something I've personally been working on not doing, but I believe sharing in this instance is crucial to understanding. Like many of you, as an INTJ personality type, I've been navigating the vast sea of interpersonal communication my entire life, trying to make sense of the delicate ebb and flow of human interaction. A crucial aspect of this journey has been comprehending the complex entity that an apology represents. About nine months ago, I found myself in a position where an apology seemed the right course of action. I had been involved with a woman, and out of deeply genuine concern for her past trauma and an earnest effort to avoid making her feel gaslighted, I apologized for something she accused me of, an accusation blown far out of proportion to the objective reality. That apology, heartfelt and sincere, was ironically transformed into a weapon, a twisted admission of guilt. What followed was a narrative spun out of context and a resolution far from what I had intended. A further complexity emerges when apologies are offered primarily to assuage the feelings of others. Paradoxically, these well-intentioned gestures can sometimes cause more harm than good, especially when performed within a public context. As noted by sociologists Yobichi, Kamada, and Agri in 1989, the context and audience of an apology can have a significant impact on its interpretation and effectiveness. In instances where apologies are interpreted as admissions of guilt, they can inadvertently bolster an angry or distorted narrative, particularly if these apologies are in front of another person present. These types of apologies can lead to the further entrenchment of erroneous beliefs and perpetuate harmful cycles of behavior. In my own experience, I observed this phenomenon firsthand. My sincere apology, meant to soothe and acknowledge that I had triggered her and should have taken her past trauma into account, ended up reinforcing a distorted narrative and contributing to her negative behavioral outcomes. It's a tricky territory to navigate, for sure. Research by psychologists Schur and Darley in 1997 indicates that apologies can indeed influence perceptions of guilt. When apologies are interpreted as an admission of guilt, They can validate distorted perceptions and end up causing more harm than anticipated, especially when delivered in front of others. In hindsight, it becomes evident that apologies need to be used judiciously, with a keen awareness of context, perception, and potential repercussions. The act of saying sorry should not be a knee-jerk reaction aimed at smoothing over a situation and sparing another's distorted feelings, but a thoughtful acknowledgement of one's role in a situation, no matter how outlandish. coupled with a genuine commitment to change. This understanding does not come easily or quickly, but it is an integral part of the journey towards better interpersonal relationships and personal growth. The experiences and insights shared today are not prescriptive, but rather an invitation to engage in introspective dialogue about the role of apologies in our lives. My personal experience was a wake-up call, an intense lesson. It underscored the idea that over-empathizing and an eagerness to maintain harmony can sometimes inflict more harm than intended, especially when our intentions are misunderstood, misinterpreted, or not even comprehended. It also affirmed a conviction that has grown stronger over time. Change in behavior holds far more weight 
the mere words of apology. Schumann, 2018. For me, through subsequent intensive talk and EMDR therapy, it was a revelation of my own emotional codependency at the time, born from the death of my previous life partner. In an era where the term sorry is often tossed around carelessly, the importance of understanding the gravity of our apologies and their implications is paramount. More than just words, apologies should signify a sincere intention to acknowledge our mistakes and change behavior accordingly while not supporting an objectively twisted narrative of ourselves. While this realization was harsh, it gave me a more profound understanding of the delicate balance between empathy and responsibility. I learned the hard way that apologizing without clear intent or commitment to change from both sides could do more harm than good. This realization also begs the question of loss and gain in such interpersonal situations. The concept of loss can be an abstract one, heavily influenced by personal perspectives, emotions, and interpretations of events. However, for the sake of this discussion, let's attempt to unpack the concept in a more objective manner. In this case, an objective analysis might suggest that she bore the greater loss. Her refusal to engage with a differing perspective and the validation of her distorted narrative may prevent her from forging meaningful relationships in the future. By reinforcing her maladaptive behavior patterns, my well-intentioned but misguided apology may have inadvertently robbed her of a valuable opportunity for personal growth and emotional development. According to her own words, she had consistently been with abusive, narcissistic men in the past, and it is entirely possible that at least one of the men in her life used my apology as a way to support a twisted narrative in order to get her to leave so that he could continue getting his narcissistic supply for her or each other. Of course, this is mere speculation, but the circumstantial evidence does support this being a possibility. I will never know. As someone who frequently uses math and statistics to make sense of the world, I recognize that from a purely mathematical perspective, the chance of finding an individual like her, someone who meets specific criteria such as a certain physical height or taller, who is ethically non-monogamous, and who shares the same birth date and personality types, is incredibly slim. Taking into account just these objective, independent variables, the odds are a staggering 1 in 522.14 trillion. When other factors, arguably somewhat dependent variables, are accounted for, these odds soar astronomically. The realization of this mathematical rarity is, in itself, profoundly heartbreaking and causes me significant distress. In some situations, our attempts to maintain peace or resolve conflicts such as apologizing when we are not fully at fault, can inadvertently reinforce someone else's harmful patterns of behavior or distorted perceptions. This negative reinforcement is especially true when dealing with individuals who have a history of being in abusive or manipulative relationships as they may have developed maladaptive coping mechanisms or have a skewed understanding of what constitutes a healthy relationship dynamic. In situations like these, it can be helpful to focus on what we can control, which includes our own actions, responses, and personal growth. This type of introspection and learning from past interactions can contribute to healthier patterns of communication and conflict resolution in our future relationships. In this situation, I too experienced a loss. It was the loss of a potential connection, 
the loss of an opportunity to influence positive change, and the emotional toll it took on me. Even though the objective analysis may weigh heavier on her side, this does not diminish its impact it had on me. Psychologist and researcher Eli Finkel, in his work on the all-or-nothing marriage in 2017, elaborates on this concept, suggesting that individuals within a relationship can significantly contribute to each other's personal growth. Still, when communication breaks down, both parties can suffer. Though the loss might appear to be more substantial for one person based on objective assessment, the subjective emotional experience can still be significant for both. As an aside, in an interesting twist, I had always tested as an INTJ consistently for two decades. In the aftermath, after being gaslighted, whether she was intentional about this or not, I took a battery of assessments, which did end up bolstering my understanding of myself, that I am exactly who I know myself to be, and not who the other person either feared me to be or made me out to be, most likely due to hypervigilance from her past trauma. One of the tests was personality type, and I was surprised when I tested as an ISTPA personality type instead of an INTJ as before. This result, among other test results, shows how deeply impactful the experience was. After extensive therapy, I now test as an INTPA. My experience is indeed a testament to the fact that traumatic experiences and personal growth can cause shifts in personality types. This is especially true when using frameworks like the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, or MBTI, which is designed to capture general tendencies rather than fixed traits. The MBTI consists of four dichotomies, extroversion versus introversion, or EI, sensing versus intuition, or SN, thinking versus feeling, or TF, and judging versus perceiving, or PJ. These are not set in stone but rather are preferences that can change over time and under different circumstances. The change in my type from an INTJ to an ISTPA suggests a shift from relying more on intuition, or N, to relying more on sensing, or S, which indicates heightened attention to concrete details and a preference for living in the present moment. This change could potentially have been an adaptive response to the gaslighting I experienced, as focusing on factual information can be a way to ground oneself in reality when dealing with manipulation and distortion of truth. A further change to INTPA signifies a shift from judging, or J, to perceiving, or P, suggesting that I likely have become more open to possibilities and less inclined towards structure and order in decision-making. This change is likely a result of the therapy I've undergone, which challenged me and encouraged flexibility in thought and a broader perspective on personal experiences. It is also important to note that the assertive variant, or A, in my last type, suggests a certain level of confidence in my decisions and abilities, possibly resulting from my journey of self-discovery and healing after the traumatic experience. To wrap up, our personal relationships are intricate, nuanced, and deeply personal, requiring compassion, understanding, and a readiness to learn from our mistakes. My personal journey has taught me that apologies, while often well-intentioned, can sometimes inflict more harm than intended. More importantly, an apology should not validate a distorted narrative of ourselves. The change in my personality type, as measured by the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, 
underlines the profound impact of our experiences on our personalities. It reaffirms that personality is fluid, changing as we grow and evolve through our life experiences. So as we navigate this complex labyrinth of human interactions, let's remember that we are constantly evolving beings, shaped by our experiences and interactions. Missteps are part and parcel of this journey, as is the courage to rise, learn, and grow from them. Your experiences and your reactions to them are uniquely yours. And while this story is deeply personal to me, I hope it helps you reflect on your own experiences and provides some insights that you can apply in your own life. After all, the process of introspection and learning from past interactions can significantly contribute to healthier patterns of communication and conflict resolution in our future relationships. This story brings to mind the quote by P.G. Wodehouse. It is a good rule in life never to apologize. The right sort of people do not want apologies, and the wrong sort take a mean advantage of them. Thank you for joining me today on Information for Life. It has been a pleasure sharing my thoughts and experiences with you. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and remember, your experiences shape who you are, but they do not have to define you.